Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. It was strange. After the message of last week, which was a little bit uh, outside what I would call my, what do we call that now, comfort zone, um, I was trusting God that he will give us a bread and butter topic for this week. And uh, we were already on that path until overnight between Saturday, sorry, between Friday and Saturday that I felt the Lord move me in a different direction. Um, I've been desiring to teach what is called foundational stuff in this place, but um, these messages have just been coming a little bit outside of what we have never learned before as a church, and maybe that's the reason. Um, so please, if you are listening in the room or listening remotely, and you're a regular listener, and you're having this kind of topic coming in, um, just know that God has an agenda. He has a purpose. Uh, the best place to go through the systematic study of the Word of God is in the interactive Bible study we have from 1020. Uh, we call it Sword of the Spirit. So, and we go through every section of the Bible step by step. So don't miss out on that. But most of the Sunday messages, they will be messages. Messages mean message. Message mean God knows there's a need in the house and he goes for it. Uh, I don't know, this might just be for one person today because it's, it's quite um, something when I was studying this. And these are targeted messages and uh, it might just be for only, only one person. Uh, but that person should be take comfort to the fact that God decides to remember you and decides to come down and resolve particular things for you. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, he says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry. Because of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. I believe the Lord is saying to somebody, he knows what you are going through. And he just wants to give you a once and for all answer and solution to this problem. Amen. Uh, and in, in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 28, Philip was in the midst, was in the middle of a revival, and God called him out just to go and minister to one person. So this might just sincerely, this might just be to one person. And um, just take it that way, and uh, the rest of us, uh, we can just be listening politely to me, uh, while the only person that has a message will be smiling. Amen. Hallelujah. I think that's by way of introduction, I've covered questions that may arise. Our test is taken from a very unusual place as well, Genesis chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. Hallelujah. All right. So hallelujah means let God be praised for this particular message. Amen. So <laughs> let God be praised. Let God be praised. All right. Genesis 4, 12 to 13. That's the Lord speaking to Cain. He said, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield the strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Verse 13. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. I told you. So you are wondering, where are we going with this one? Amen. I want to talk to you briefly this afternoon before we pray. No more wondering about. 
no more wondering about. <clears throat> this man came. He was the first one called a vagabond, a wanderer in the scripture. And there are many other after him. And since then, uh, many of us, uh, including myself, at certain stages of my life, I find myself wondering. Just, 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 just essentially wondering. And um, uh, there are main, two main types of vagabonds, of vagabonding. Vagabonding is actually a word. I checked in the dictionary. Vagabonding. Two types of vagabonding. The first type is those who set out without knowing where they are going. Neither are they following someone who knows. Because we say those who set out without knowing where they are going. Uh, you probably ask, what about Abraham? Well, Abraham will not be because Abraham was following someone who knows where he was going. God was leading him. Uh, but the Pharisees are not exempted from this group. Um, they didn't know where they were going, and they were following nobody. Even when Jesus, our Lord, came, instead of following him, they were having their own agendas. And so that's the first group of people, and there are people like that, possibly in the room. You really, have, when we talk of vision, purpose, it's just like, what are they talking about? Because we don't seem to know where we are going. The second category or second type of vagabonding are those who set out knowing where they are going, but suddenly lost their direction. I probably think more believers are in that category. You set out in life, you set out in a marriage, you set out uh, in your career, you set out in ministry, you're pretty sure. And suddenly, you start wondering. You start just going around in circles. And the children of Israel were the typical example of that. They knew where they were going. They knew they were going to Canaan. But for some reason, they just lost their direction along the way. And by way of example, I have three types or three models here of vagabonding. What I call the Cain model. And a person in this room, you may fall into the Cain model. What is the Cain model? Model. When one does not give easily and freely to God, then they might be under this type of vagabonding of Cain. That is, how does a person become a vagabond? This is where I am now. So a person can become a vagabond like Cain when one does not give easily and freely. Because that was his offense. He found himself... Time to offer unto the Lord. Abel, his brother, gave very well. He decided not to give freely unto God. And usually when we're in that category, is because of a deep love for material wealth. A deep love for material wealth. I'm not talking for likeness. Some people love money. They don't just like money. They love money. And um, that's why some of them, when they, they got notes in their hand, they can just blow kisses to notes. It's, it's such, such a deep, loving relationship. Uh, they look at their back account, if it's good, they, they just smile and oh, like that, you know. Uh, we, we can't afford to love money, amen? You must like money, amen? Oh, I'm not hearing your amen anymore. <laughs> and so when people are in that category, they may find themselves that there's a certain degree of opposition, not from man, but from God, that may follow such people, that may follow such people. And usually, it also is compounded by a selfish attitude. When one's thoughts and preoccupation is so much with self or with family. Some people, they do not think beyond themselves and their family. Even when we say, let's pray for the city, it's such a struggle for them. 
All those things will be broken today. You know, those things were the things that moved Cain not to touch the heart of God. And there is a standing curse, shall we call it, upon people that do that. Um, Under that type of Cain uh, vagabond is envy and hatred. People that don't forgive and forget easily. If you're in that category also, the person tends to come under such limitation from heaven, not necessarily from man. So how does one become a vagabond? And tell you what it means to be a vagabond in a minute. One can become a vagabond like Jacob was. That's Jacob's model. When we deceive people, or that is carefully planned and executed. Sometimes you may say things that are not right, not because you planned it, uh, but sometimes when people carefully plan and execute, they know their agenda, they know what they wanted to do, and they just set out to deceive others. Then they will end up wandering for a long time, as Jacob wondered. The final why or how a person can become a vagabond is like the Exodus generation of Israelites. I call them special Exodus, those that came out of Egypt. When one moans and murmurs a lot, one may find oneself under this vagabond curse when you moan and you murmur. Some people, they have only one thing they do well, and that's how to grumble and murmur. Even when God is blessing them, they will murmur. They say the blessing has come at the wrong time. It has come from the wrong person. It has come in the glare of everybody. Why did you allow that person to bless me for everybody to see? I pray all such yokes shall be broken in our lives in Jesus' name. All right, very quickly. So how do I know? I'm under a vagabond curse. So we're giving the reasons of how a person can be. And we might start identifying where we are already. Am I exceedingly selfish? And I find myself wondering in life. But we we'll know very clearly now how you will know or a person will know that he or she is sort of a vagabond curse. Number one, when a person never settles into anything, the person keeps trying, but there is no result. A person never settles into anything. It doesn't settle into business. Many Businesses, the person has tried, or the same business, the person has tried from different angles. Maybe the enemy has manipulated the situation and the person is being commanded or moved by the vagabond spirit to be wandering around. Some people is in their career, always retraining and requalifying. Some people, they've got like five masters. They just... So many certifications, just going around, around, around. It's usually, by my understanding, not the plan of God for a person. If you are wealthy and you are not doing it because you want to, you know, earn a living, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a hobby, but it's not usually so. So it's such a painful thing when a person is living such a life like that. And when a person also under, under that, in ministry, that is when a person never settles that, it might be in ministry, that is, the person is an evangelist today, tomorrow is a pastor, tomorrow is, a, is the latest fad in town. People are doing deliverance now, just following people around, or can't hold down a job. And or relationships can never start a relationship or start relationships and the physical out. It's usually a vagabond spirit that is working. Uh, uh, let me add this onto it as well. When you dream a lot about your 
walking in your dream and you never get to where you are going. It's like they tell you that you need to go somewhere and you are going there. You find out you can't find it. You try another place, you can't find it. More often than God is revealing unto you, there's a vagabond spirit operating in or about to operate in you. And some of us, it's like, you know, we start out somewhere, we get on a bus, we come down from that bus. Before we get on again, the bus has left. All kinds of just chasing things around in our dream is often due to a vagabond spirit. But God wants to break it today. That's why he decided to unearth it. Now, you can't, you don't, you, we can't live like that. We can't live like that. We can't just keep chasing things around. Some, their dream, or in reality, is that when it's just almost their turn, they are in the queue. When it's almost your turn to be served, that's the time they will say it is finished. Or some, that is the time you yourself you will choose to leave. Some you have dreams that somebody will come and push you away. Or some in the real life circumstance, everybody has been finding it easy. But when it's your own turn to go and have it, that's the time they will cut it off. When we were down in London, they were doing a very good program. It's called um, Rent to Buy. So in the accommodation we had, uh, 1994 or thereabout, I remember the rent to buy came up, and um, what it, I think it was started by Margaret Thatcher, just wanted people to wanted to offload council houses, and I remember at that time one of the sisters around us said that there's rent to buy, that um, you know government will help you and not the rest of that, and by the special grace of God we stepped into it, we got it, and. Um, beautiful program because what at that time you can get 100% mortgage not like now. Even people are getting 105% mortgage. I hope some of you are aware of that. There was a time you can get 105% mortgage. That means after they paid for the house, they still dash you well, <laughs> dash indeed. They still loan you 5%. So there was even no need for, for deposit at that time but the government will pay a lump sum for you and, um, you know, the house you are, you, we, got, uh, first, we got on the property ladder around that time, 1994, 95. To cut long the story short, there was a person just about the time that we were getting our own. This sister told us this thing is happening. This person said, it's now open for everybody else to get. We got our own. That's another person we told. Just before the person got there, they pulled the rug. And the person then was sharing with us later on that actually that has been a pattern in his life. That any time it is just about his own thought, it becomes hard. It's more or less a vagabond spirit. And God is in the business of settling it. Because we look at example, definitely Jacob, whom God delivered from that. Jacob was a wanderer. He was wandering. He was, he was constantly, and he's got, he's got prophetic word on him. He was a child of, I mean, this is a direct descendant of Abraham. In fact, he was the one, when I do my theological explanation of it, I believe Abraham was the archetype of God the Father. Isaac was archetype of God the Son because he was the one that the Father wanted to sacrifice. Abraham wanted to sacrifice just as the Father offered the Son, Jesus Christ. And actually, Jacob was supposed to be the archetype of the Holy Spirit, the one who was mobile, who actually established the kingdom, who established, because the Holy Spirit is the one that eventually established the church. So I'm totally talk, not talking of an ordinary person. I'm talking of a very important person in the agenda of God. And yet, he suffered from vagabond spirit. So you might be sitting down there. I'm not talking to people that are outside there. God is saying unto somebody in here possibly, you are loved by God. You got God's plan for your life. So well known by him. But this vagabond spirit seems to have taken hold. But it shall be broken today. Amen. It shall be broken today. Amen. So how do I know I'm under a vagabond curse or the vagabond spirit is operating in my circumstance? Number two, people and situations come into your life and never stay. 
promises made to you are easily broken. Genesis 31 verse 41. Genesis chapter 31 verse 41. Promises made to you are easily broken. Thus, I have been in your house 20 years. That was Jacob talking. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages how many times? Come on. And it was not an upward revision of wage. It was a downward revision of wage. And the man, Laban, something was in him that made him never to honor everything. And that thing only changed in Genesis chapter 32. When this man wrestled with the Lord, and I will get there, how we can come out as well. He was constantly cheated. Yes, he himself cheated more to the destruction of the mother. Maybe that's the reason why David, Jacob was let off lightly. We mentioned that last week. It was the mother's side there. Of course, he flowed with it. Because the boy would have probably, you know, in the field, that wasn't cheating. He's the other guy that didn't value his birthright. Just an exchange. But there he was. Constantly, promises made are easily being broken. There are some, possibly in this room, you got your letter of offer in your hand. The only thing that remains is the resumption date. And then they said, no more. And you know that's not the first time it's happened to you. There are some, you got university admission, maybe many years back. Or maybe in this country. And you find out that just before the time that you resume, everything is pulled away from you. I know of a person as well. He wanted to start a residency, you know, postgraduate training in, 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 um, in medical studies in Nigeria. Be- I believe it was because of him, they canceled the people that they took in. And after they've canceled that set of people that were taking him, and he was left wandering around again, suddenly they reinstituted it again. It will just, it's as if something is just you. As long as you're on this list, this list is not going through. And it was immediately after he, you know, he then started looking for some other things. Then the same set of people, when they have, and there's nothing diabolical, nothing corruption or whatever, it is purely spiritual. No other agenda except that somebody will wake up in the morning and say, this, well, they won't even know why they're doing it. Because those that are being used by the enemy, it's not that they read things from the sky. They just find something within them to oppose a person. Vagabond spirit shall be broken today. Yeah. Number three, people antagonize you. That's how you, a person may know that it's under the vagabond spirit. People antagonize you at nearly every turn. And they seek to take you out. Such people, their common statement is, am I the only one? Where everybody is having it easy, the person have it so rough, have it so tough. You know? People talk of when it's a certain time to move to the next phase of your life or next, you know, marital status, everybody moves, but it's just so difficult for another. Maybe it's just that, you know, you know the person keeps hopping from one section onto another. It's, it's, it's just hard. It's just hard. It's just hard. Because antagonism comes from every area. Genesis chapter 4, verse 14. And that was what the man said. Genesis chapter 4, verse 14. Surely you have driven me out um, this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. That was Cain talking. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. That is, they always attract people snuffing out 
their vision and their dream. Number four, very quickly, so that we can start praying. When you feel like running away, and you feel like there's an unrelenting desire to move to another location, the vagabond spirit, you, no matter how rosy it is, when you get to that brochure, I can bank it, spend another few years that the person feels I want to move again. There's something driving the person. Some people, they've moved. I know some, you know, from Nigeria, they've been, some started their journey in South Korea. Nigeria to South Korea. They tried Malaysia, left Malaysia. Even islands that you don't know, says Vanuatu. some of them have been there. Now like the United Kingdom. And I say, where am I going now? It's not Canada. No, there's something driving the person. And of course, it's true. Whether, no matter the slant you want to put onto it, a rolling stone gathers no moss. They say it gathers some polishing. I'd rather not have that kind of polishing. May the Lord say to you, Amen. may the Lord settle me in the name of Jesus. And such movement is without any closure. Let's look at Genesis 31, verses 20 to 22. Let's keep moving, no closure. Genesis 31, 20 to 22. And Jacob stole away, unknown to Laban, the Syrian, in that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. Verse 21. So he fled with all that he had. He arose and crossed the river and headed toward the mountain of Gilead. And Laban was told, on the third day that Jacob had fled, always running. But that's not the first time it happened to him. It happened to him earlier on in Genesis 35. It was alluded to how it first happened, verse 7. Genesis 35, verse 7. The first time it happened to him that he fled was, and he built an altar there reporting concerning Jacob and called the place El Bethel because there God appeared to him when he always fleeing, always running, always running. Some might just be the situation that people are, debt might be something the devil uses sometimes to make a person a vagabond. You owe so money here, the person runs to another place, just everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. That shall be terminated today. If he's going to do his wonder, he must do some foundational work this year, you understand? He must go. It's not, it's not a surface work. He was talking about household enemy last week. He's not talking about vagabond spirit today. He wants to reach our foundation. If the foundation be destroyed, Psalm 11 verse 3, what shall the righteous do? All this one, we are cutting the branches. The Lord says it's more than the branch. We cut the branch last year. The branch has sprouted again. You know, we've been going around in circle. The Lord says it's enough, child. It's enough, son. It's enough, daughter. The vagabonds, the hold of the vagabond spirit must be broken. Amen. Even hatred from people that are loving unto you is not even something we're constantly being hated. You know, but that will be broken. Because the Bible says concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, people didn't hate Jesus. You know, it was, this, it was the religious establishment that hated him. Because the people kept flocking unto him. He would tell them, I've preached here. Jesus was a loving person. And if you check your Acts chapter 2, by the time you go to verse 47, he said they found favor with the people and many were added unto the church. That is, people around love them. I'm not saying be part of the world. But you have a certain number of people that, somebody if they disagree with, they disagree with you on principle. Not that you wear a cloth. They immediately see you, they say, we don't like you. It's part of the thing that makes a person a vagabond. But I say one more time, that shall be broken. How do I get out of this? You have been waiting for that? 
Oh, yes, that's the most important thing. How do I get out of it? And I can multiply examples of all these, you know, vagabond hospital eyes works. Some people, it's constant hospital appointment. Constant hospital appointment. They've tried, all, the person is a living specimen for trying all types of new medication that has come. Not that the person is leaving the earth, not that he has finished his journey here, but the person is here. They said there's a new one that tried in America now. We can't get it here. We go to America. Or they say it is here now. So every drug trial, the person is on it. It's also wandering from one thing or to another. But God, we break that today. Okay, enough of that. Do you get the gist? Okay, and we, if you are part of that, can you identify? You know, you don't need to answer me that. If you can't, praise the name of the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Yes, amen to hallelujah. Hallelujah, may let God be praised. And amen means what? Let it be so. Uh-huh. So let God be praised. Hallelujah. How do I get out of this? Do we want to get out? Are we serious? Really, really? You want the vagabond spirit to be terminated, terminated permanently? Uh, it will be today. Oh, he's, he's, he's the foundation visitor. In fact, he's the one that goes right to the root. The root is being dealt with today. Number one. Big number one. I will run through them, then we will pray with them. Repent. And under repent, A, ask God for forgiveness. Ask God. Because Psalm 51 verse 4, even though it might be, and in fact, one thing I didn't mention is that um, this, this uh, what do you call it again, vagabond spirit can be generational. It can be ancestral. One generation can pass on to another. And you look at it, some men, and it can suddenly be introduced. Everything has been going on, and you find a point in time. I know families like that. Everybody has been, you know, their males have been okay. Then there seems something to be a flip again. I say it's usually the women that are not doing well. So the enemy can come in at any time. So, but whatever this is, whether it's the ancestors or yourself, we must ask God, ask God for forgiveness today. Psalm 51 verse 4, what does it say? Against you, read together with me to get you involved. One, two, go, church. Against you, you only have I and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Every sin is primarily against. That was why. Joseph was very spot on in Genesis 39, verses 8 to 9. Genesis 39, 8 and 9. He was very, very spot on. Genesis 39. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. Verse 9. There is no one greater than I in this, greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me about you because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against Potiphar? Against who? The reason why our sin is primarily against God is that if you are trying by all means to just ask forgiveness from him, which we need to do sometimes, you will find a reason why that person justly deserves what they get. 
But when you know that it's the law of God you are broken, if somebody has undermined you, and you decide to undermine them, or the person has not been well disposed to you, and you, you, can, you can feel justified, but uh, 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 as far as God is concerned, you must not undermine, you must not deceive, you must not work against, you must not lie, you must not do anything against your neighbor. That's what he says. Because whatever a person would love to be done to them, let it do so. So when we're asking, I want you to focus on that. Is that very clear? Against you. And he will never despise a contrite heart. That's what he says in Psalm 51 verse 17. Number two, under repent. Ask God to keep you from stumbling again or your generations from stumbling. Because these things we're talking about that have brought this thing about, they are usually deeply ingrained traits. And when you're going to use human will and human power to break it, it will fail. Jacob was a very clever man. Israelites, they mourned the Lord. It was ingrained in them. And there's something that we call presumptuous sin. Psalm 18 verse 17. And then we can read 19, 13, Psalm 18, 17, Psalm 18, 17. It delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. So when we begin to pray, we will use those verses to pray, and the Lord will deliver us in Jesus' name. Under repent as well, ask God to forgive, ask God to help you from something, and then finally, at the clear, earliest, earliest clear opportunity, reach out to those you have hurt. Um, Jacob did that. We can't read that. It's a long passage, Genesis 33, 8 to 17. Jacob did that. He decided to turn back onto um, Esau and um, prepare a lot of animals and gifts for him. And then he was trying to appease this person for the wrong that has been done. Sometimes there was a particular case, whether it was here or somewhere, that we had to counsel. One of the ancestors stole a bicycle. And the Lord showed it unto that particular generation that unless you go and find those who are connected, that we call it restitution, to that family and give them either the money equivalent of a bicycle, because when the bicycle was stolen, a curse was pronounced upon them. And remember Proverbs 26, verse 2, he said, A curse does not come without, like a fleeting sparrow, like a flying swallow. So a curse without a curse shall not alight. A curse, curseless, does not come. That's how the old King James Version put it. So let's be very careful to see that if there's anything, we need to set it aright. Number two, how do I get out? After repenting, wrestle with God in supplication. Hallelujah. And we shall do that today. Amen. <laughs> Wrestle with God in supplication. Cry out. And then we will take those prayer points so that that's one. Finally, we will then pray that God will permanently say to you, Amen. No more wandering around. No more roaming around in the name of Jesus. And his name shall be glorified. Are you ready to pray now? Let's stand on our feet as we call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Mighty God. I believe the Spirit of the Lord will reveal 
to some as we are praying some of the ancestral issues you need to deal with to be revealed unto some in the night hours in the course of the week but one thing is sure as we pray these prayers whether the Lord tells you now or will be telling you later the root of these problems shall finally dry out in the name of the Lord Jesus I want you to call unto the only one who forgives sins if God clears you you are cleared his own is the supreme court is the apex court in fact is the spiritual apex court. There are many places you can be tried. But when it comes to the one who is above all and he sets you free, you will be free indeed. I want you to say, Father, whatever it may be that's in my foundation that I've done, even I may have even forgotten about it. It may have been when I was a lot younger. Lord, forgive me. Set me free today. Just in the moment, lift up your voices and begin to cry unto the Lord. You may want to pray privately, whatever it is. Above all things, the result I'm looking for today is result the Lord is interested in today. Lord, forgive, forgive me, forgive me in ignorance and in foolishness. I did it. Oh, you are standing on the in the gap for your ancestors. You are standing in the gap even for your own children. Pray that Lord, we turn unto you. Your word says, a contrite heart you will not despise. Your word says that cleanse me, O Lord, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than hyssop. Cry unto the Lord. Lord, forgive, forgive, have mercy. You never change. It's not a time for bluster. It's not a time for bravado. It's a time to humble ourselves and say, have mercy, O God. You are kind. You are merciful. We are merciful. This spirit must be broken today. He who Cain cried out unto you and you heard him. And you say, anyone that touches Cain, that the person will suffer ten times. The affliction that will come upon Cain. Lord, I'm standing in your presence today. Or I'm leaning or I'm sitting before you. Have mercy. Forgive. Forgive me. Forgive my ancestors. Every sin that they are committed, oh God. And has allowed the vagabond spirit to operate freely. Lord, break it today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Area where there are multiple marriages. Multiple marriages. There are many from your background. Incredible intertwining. Intertwining. You know, the brother sleeping with the brother's wife. All sorts of mocky things that have been buried that we are not aware of. Some of the backgrounds are incestuous. Incestual relationship. All sorts. Lay them before the Lord. May the Lord have mercy today. We stand on this holy mountain. And we lift our hearts unto you in cry for mercy, O God. Forgive because it's your nature to forgive. It's your nature to show mercy. Show mercy unto your people, oh God. And turn us around, oh God. Whatever our monkey, our backgrounds have been, whatever our messed up, where we were coming from, oh Lord, today have mercy upon us. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. And in the name that's above all names, may he who hears 
and answers prayers, hearken unto us and forgive all, all our sins in the name of the Lord Jesus. May he never be imputed against us anymore. But let God's righteousness be imputed unto us in the name of the Lord Jesus. We give you thanks and praise for you will ask God to keep you from stumbling. Psalm 19 verse 13. Psalm 19 verse 13. Hallelujah. We are free and we shall stay free. Mm, no more, no more, no more. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. And I shall be innocent of great transgression. Put the NLT there for me, please. Just click the NLT. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. Things that we know somehow the pressure is too much. We find ourselves doing it. I know I should let go, but I'm not letting go. Oh, the pressure of the flesh is too much. I know I should make that phone call, but I say I'm not forgiving, so I'm not making the phone call. But the psalmist was saying, keep me from those sins. Hallelujah. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord keep me. We turn that to our prayer. Put, put the NKJV back there, please. Put the NKJV back there. I say, Lord, please keep me from presumptuous sin. Spend a moment or two. We have no strength of our own, oh God. We have no power of our own. Oh Lord, in your mercy, keep us from presumptuous things, oh Lord, that has affected our foundation. Errors that we find ourselves training to keep us from them, oh God. And may we not stumble into them anymore in the name of Jesus. Stretch your hand unto your people and deliver us totally and completely, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I have no power of my own. I have no power of my own. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I look unto you. Power of my own, power of my own. I have no, I have no power, power of my own. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I look unto you. Time. I am. 
Genesis 36, 26. Genesis 32, rather 26, please. Genesis 32, 26. Okay, it might be quicker for me to get it here. Okay. Hallelujah. Oh, all right, it's this one that's crushed. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you, unless you, we will cry to the Lord today that he will bless us. And in Genesis chapter 4 verse 14, Cain cried out. He said, this punishment is too much for me. This affliction is too much. Lord, bless me today. I will not let you go. I can't bear this anymore. Let this be a rest, supplication. You wrestle with God. Supplication means an urgent cry, urgent demand. And I will give you sufficient minutes, maybe two, three minutes to cry out. And, you know, as you do that, I'm sure something will give this afternoon. I say something will happen this afternoon. We ask that, Lord, bless me indeed. I can't bear this anymore. Lift up your voices and begin to call on the name of the Lord. Call on him. Bless me, oh Lord. Bless me. Bless me. I can't bear this anymore. This is only a prayer for those that are in serious trouble. Those that have nearly come to the end of their theaters. They have fasted. They have prayed. They have done everything. It's not for the pedestrians. It's not for those who are just kind of, okay, you know, if you are not in big trouble, you don't need to pray. But those that are in dire need, dire need of a deliverance that can only come from God. The laying of the hand of any human being is beyond it. The pouring of oil by any human being is beyond it. It is only God. It is only decree from the throne of God that can break it. It's only that decree from this throne alone that can break it. Oh Lord, bless me indeed. Bless me, oh God. I cannot bear this anymore. I can't bear it anymore. Please cry out, cry out unto him. Plead your cause. It might be for your parents you are crying. It might be for your children that you are crying. But this afternoon, one thing I want you to please do with me. Plead with the only one who can show us mercy. Oh Lord, bless me, bless me, bless my ministry, oh God. Bless me, let me break through. I can't bear, oh Lord, the labels and all the running around anymore without result. Cry for your own need, brother. Cry for your own need, sister. Leave you with a few more moments just to cry unto the Lord. And the Lord will set you free. Or if you are just feeling something somewhere is not right in your life and you cannot put a finger upon it, pray it anyhow. Pray it anyhow. Don't wait for the enemy to oppress you and to make nothing of you. In the name that's above all names, in your mercy, oh God, bless me today. Bless me indeed. Bless me. I can't bear this anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let your hand rest upon me like never. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let your men be like thunder. He that does not hold back blessing by his spirit has blessed you. One of the days when we are praying here, I wanted to share it, but I think I held myself back. I didn't lead the prayer journey this week. The Lord asked me to look around. And I looked and knew his voice. And I was waiting. 
He said, everyone that I saw in the room on that day, I believe, also extends to everyone trusting God today, he said, all of them, we have a major life-changing testimony. After I looked around, I look at myself as well. So that you're not just based on hallelujah. I want us to cry the same prayer for the church. Bless this church. Bless your church. We cannot bear to see the wicked perishing without seeing them change. Let's do God's agenda. Bless your church again. Cry out. Let there be salvation of souls in the large numbers. Bless this church. Let there be signs and wonders. Let every difficult situation and case that comes into this place find answers in the name of Jesus. May this mountain to be the mount of the Lord. May this mountain to be the mountain of deliverance, oh God. Bless us, bless us, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And let your name be glorified forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Three more prayer points very quickly and I'll sit down and I'll leave the rest unto the hand of him who asked me to tell you that he wants to sort you out to finish the work himself. In Genesis 32, verse 28. Genesis 32, verse 28. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Have you prevailed? Have you prevailed? And even whatever is lacking in your prevailing, the blood of the Lamb of God will make it up. So we pray. And we can pray this as a confessional prayer. I say, Father... Put a new mark on me. Give me a new identity today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up your voices and pray along that line. That the Lord will put a new mark upon you. If the mark upon you is the mark that is called jobless. If the mark upon you is the mark that is called barren. If the mark upon you is the mark that is called failed marriage. If the mark upon you is the mark that is called, you know, chronic sickness of whatever name. Let the Lord give you a new mark. Bartimaeus was given a new mark. He was given a new identity. They used to call him blind Bartimaeus. He is now Bartimaeus, I believe. He followed the Lord to the end and his eyes have been open since that day. Lord, give me a new identity. The name I've been calling the spiritual realm. That is the ugly name. When the spirit see me coming and they say, see that failure. And they say, see that person that is whatever condition that I'm going through. Give me a new identity. Oh Lord, give me a new identity. Give me a new identity. No matter how good your identity can be better. Give me a new identity, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Even in Genesis chapter 4, verse 15, a mark was put upon Cain that nobody should touch him. May the Lord put a mark upon you that no evil shall touch us anymore. He said, let no man trouble me because I bear my body the mark of Jesus. May that mark be visible today. May you walk away from here instead of being as an object to be cheated and manipulated. You become now an object to be celebrated and be, and be blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Put on a new garment. Put on a new garment. The old garment, let it be stripped off right now. And let it be a new door for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
prepare yourself. The old garment is gone. I put on the new garment in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray that confession. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand on your word. We says, let no one trouble me because I bear my body the mark of Jesus. I are now so every realm of existence see the mark of Jesus on me and trouble me not from this moment in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voices and pray, brother. Lift up your voices and pray, sister. This is our season. And let that mark as it's upon every head here, as upon every soul here, let that mark also be upon your church that we shall be troubled no more. That we shall be troubled no more. The very source of our failing up is being ended today. And we have received a new mark. We have received a new mark in the name of Jesus. Some of you, the sin is not what you thought. Some is pride. The Lord has forgiven us, taking it away. You now have the garment of humility. He said, put on meekness. Humility is a garment. What has brought you thus far is because of particular, God was talking to me about some people. He said, their problem is pride. If that's your own case, the Lord is saying, your new garment is humility. And we will attract blessing in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we are praying. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Thank you, Rock of Ages. May the Lord set you on a new path. The old path, the enemy has, man, um, uh, has mapped out. They are meandering, meandering path. Goes like this, goes like this, just like a maze. But now it's going to be a straight path. Oh, it goes like this, like this. You are going there. That's, that was exactly what happened to you of Israel. Problem. The Lord said there's a cost to go like this. So he said there's one that is too hard. Don't take one. But this one, just go a little bit of a bend and avoid that. Mm-mm. If you see the map, go and go and you know type it on internet search. And you will see the map of Israel's journey. It's so disheartening. Some of the time they will loop on themselves. And that's the story of many of our lives. And, but the Lord is charting a new path for you. The satin out of heaven, the GPS of heaven, uh, is, is putting a new path for you. Because if, we are, if you are to continue, if I'm to continue on that path, it shall be sad. But today, the GPS of heaven has said, go, turn left, turn right, go straight, and you will reach there. Not like the one that I did in America. I was going to somewhere one mile away, two course, 34, 35 miles away. And when we got there, he said, your destination is on the left. What's on the left? River. <laughs> River. Thank God, policeman came. He said, what are you looking for? He said, all these kind of faces of ours. He said, what are you looking for? He said, we are lost. He said, yes, you must be lost. <laughs> you will not be lost anymore. Yeah. You will not be lost. I won't be lost anymore. Me, I'm tired myself. My journey has been too meandering. Shall I go further than this? If you are okay, okay, just pray for me. But today, a new path. Say, Father, set a new path before me without unnecessary detours and diversion, but a straight path to the destiny you have mapped out for me in the name of Jesus. 
you will not go be part of going around in circle anymore. Going is looking for solution. You've looked too much for no more. God has solved the problem today. You're not going around this. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. The mercy of the Lord will avail for you. No go around this circle anymore. Map a new path for me, oh God. Let your global positioning satellite or your global positioning spirit. GPA, global positioning spirit, let him map a new path for me. Right to my destination. No more going around in circle. In the name that's above all names. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. And I will see you waving to you as you arrive in your destination very quickly in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you will see me arrive in my destination very quickly in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the book of Genesis 33, 17 to 18, finally. Genesis 33, 17 to 18. And Jacob journeyed to Succoth, built himself a house, the same wonderful, and boots for his livestock. Even his livestock had houses. Therefore, the name of that place is called Succoth. Then Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he had come, when he, when he came from Padan, which is Pandaranam, Padan Aram, and he pitched his tent before the city. Hallelujah. Verse 17 again, of that same place, built a house, made boots for his livestock, and he named the place. This new position that the Lord will set to it, you will name it. You will name it. No more. You, you will name it. You will name it. Because no more wondering. No more wondering. No more wondering. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your power and by your grace, say to me, say to me, say to me, in the name of Jesus, more than enough accommodation for myself, for my wife, for my children, even for my livestock, oh God, let there be sufficient accommodation. No squatting, spiritually speaking. No squatting. No squatting. The man that never had his own house, he now started building a house, even for his livestock. Settle, settlement, settlement, oh God. Settlement, we pray, Father. Thank you, Rock of Ages. To you shall honor and glory be given. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. If you may lift your hand unto the heavens, and we just make one or two declarations. And I leave it in the hand of him who is called mighty. To complete the good work that has started in your life. Father, see us in total surrender. We know that the blood was shed at Calvary. And that same blood is more than enough to wash away all our sins. Past, present, and future. To wash away all our ancestral sins. Today, the blood of covering, the blood of atonement, cover all, 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 all our sins, transgressions, and iniquities to the third and fourth generation, past and future. 
cover, Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. With that stroke, Lord, I believe the ground of oppression by the enemy has been taken away. We hereby pray in the name that's above all names. By your great mercy, oh God, bless us indeed in the name of the Lord Jesus. The cry of your children that are come unto to you that we can bear it no more. Truly and indeed, we have had enough. And you never leave those who cry up unto you. In the name of Jesus, no more of this wandering around in the name of the Lord Jesus. Set a straight path before me, O God. Straight a straight path before every one of these your children. A straight path unto their marital blessing. A straight path unto your children. A straight path unto your career success. A straight path unto your sound physical health. Above all, a straight path unto our eternal home at the end of life in the name of Jesus. No more meandering. No more meandering. No more. No more meandering. No more going around in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father, please settle us. Settle your church. Let your church have a voice one more time in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the physical edifices that we are having. But we want to have real spiritual cloud, real spiritual edifice built all over this nation and all over the nations of the world. Lord, settle your church, I pray once again in the name of Jesus. Jacob, a fugitive, had the audacity to build the city just across Shechem. Meaning that he was not afraid of them. Meaning that he was not afraid they would overrun him in those wild old days. So your church has been established one more time. And every gate of hell that is trying to raise his head against it, let them fail comprehensively in the name of the Lord Jesus. But Father, do individual signs and wonders in the life of every one of these your children in the name of Jesus. Vagabond spirit, depart from our lives in the name of Jesus. Wandering spirit, depart from our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Lord, we receive freedom. We receive liberty. And we step forward in your holy name. We give you worship, honor, and praise. Thank you, eternal Father. To you be the honor and glory. Jesus' marvelous name we pray. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.